Hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Vazil. I got my man Ghost here with me, and we are recapping Week 10 of the NFL. Ghost Man, how you doing today? Doing well, Michael. Always love these recap shows. Get to see what we did right, get to correct what we did wrong, learn from the process, and get better for Week 11. Looking forward to it. I love it. I love it. It's all about the process. You know that. We know that. We preach it. We tell everybody, and we just gotta keep sticking to it everybody that is listening out there on the uh the old podcast app wherever it is if you're not subscribed already i don't know how you found the show and if you could please give us a five-star review we would really appreciate it anything 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 helps there so uh oh yeah and windailysports.com backslash chat you've probably heard me say that about a million times now it's seven free days in the chat just freaking take it man like i don't know what you people are doing just just take it it's really not that hard we are going to be going over all of the Week 10 games, and we'll be starting with Thursday night. Um, I thought the Titans were going to win. I thought the Colts were going to be terrible. One thing we can say is don't play Jonathan Taylor anymore. Ooh, yikes. Uh, Ghost, how'd you feel about that Thursday night game? Colts, Titans, Colts kind of putting the beat down on uh, on the Titans there. Pretty disappointed, to be honest with you. I, I was expecting uh, the Titans to kind of make a little bit of noise in the AFC this year. I mean... Obviously, they have uh, some stiff competition there with some, some elite teams in the league, but I was expecting a little bit of better things, especially in a primetime game like this. If you told me that I had the choice of betting on uh, Derrick Henry and even Ryan Tannehill has quietly been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire league since he took over last season uh, midway there. Um, if you told me I had the choice between that duo or Philip Rivers' noodle arm on in, in prime time on a Thursday night game, I, I would definitely take Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and company. But unfortunately, their their defense is looking quite lackluster this year. So um, good good on the Colts there. They're they're riding their their defensive scheme and their uh, their defensive unit sometimes looks a bit overrated. Sometimes it looks like it's one of the best, if not the best, in the entire league. So um, on Thursday night, we got the version where they play like they're the best in the entire league. Yeah, and I think one thing I will say about that, Darius Leonard, I think he is an absolute stud. I know he was out for a couple games, and the Colts' defense was a little lackluster there. But once he's been back, since he's been back, that dude is an absolute animal. Derrick Henry did go over 100 yards. It's kind of nice. He had a long of 20. Uh, Ryan Tannehill pretty much did nothing, 15 to 27 for 147. Did have a touchdown. A couple yards on the ground. Of course, I had the over 10.5 rushing yards for Ryan Tannehill. He finishes with a cool nine, so we always appreciate <laughs> that. Um Let's talk about, uh, well, one thing, Michael Pittman absolutely balled out. Seven receptions, 100 yards. He also had a carry for 21 yards, which is kind of cool. So he did some stuff there. Uh, Phillip Rivers, over 300. Good job. Uh, we have to talk about this Colts backfield, though. Um, Jonathan Taylor, Sia said, definitely play Jonathan Taylor. I was like, all right, Sia, you're, you're a friend. You're helpful. You win money. I'll play Jonathan Taylor. I played Jonathan Taylor. It was an absolute mistake. Goes... Tell me I should never play Jonathan Taylor again the rest of the season because this is starting to get kind of scary. This dude doesn't seem like when he gets the ball, doesn't do anything with it. And pretty recently, he's just his snap shares have been dwindling, dwindling, dwindling down. I'm going to one up you on that one and, and actually say for those that are listening that are in redraft leagues, meaning that there are no keepers. You are not in a dynasty league. It's a league that you either play with some work colleagues or your friends or family members, whatever it is. And it just resets every single year. If you are a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner, I am not opposed to dropping the man right now. His snap share has gone straight down the toilet, um, hitting below 40% for consecutive weeks here. Um, if you want to play devil's advocate, you could say it was the Naheem Hines show because it was the birthday. Shout out to our colleague Brian Tulock there with the birthday narrative for our showdowns, of course. Always. But um, <laughs> uh, regardless of that, um, I just don't know what you could say about Jonathan Taylor right now. Jordan Wilkins is taking carries away from him. And frankly, he's just not rushing with the level of vision or the level of ball carrier vision that you need in this league right now. Um, this is not Wisconsin. This is not college football. And he has one of, if not the best offensive lines protecting, creating some holes for him. And he's just not finding them. He's running like, like a bull out of the gate with his head down and just, running into his offensive lineman back and forth. And I don't know. I, I don't see the vision there right now. Um, I, I feel like this is a prime example for rookies without a preseason and mm -hmm. pretty much without a training camp even. I mean, I, I know they had like some some scrimmage games between 
uh, uh, second string players and whatnot. So I, I, I guess we could call that some sort of a preseason tune-up. But um, even at that, no, uh, no, no preseason for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. He's somebody that that's definitely suffering. And right now, heading into week 11, we're a couple weeks away where you're either trying to lock down a, a top spot and get a buy in your fantasy league. Um, you're, you're you're trying to contend for playoffs, or you're you're right there on the bubble. Um, regardless of your position, Jonathan Taylor is not somebody that I'm trusting moving forward. And um, if if you're in that position where you're, you're you're to the top of the league, or you're actually in the bubble spot, so not necessarily in that three or four spot, depending on how many teams are in your league. But if you're contending, I would highly recommend dropping him for a handcuff running back, someone like Alexander Madison, if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, uh, just in case anything were to happen to one of your top end players, or if you are on the bubble. Um, you, you pretty much, you, you, you need to win out the rest of the schedule. If you're in a situation like that, Jonathan Taylor is not somebody that I'm, uh, that I'm going to be owning on my fantasy teams moving forward. It is disappointing. I, I own him in a league only because he was my second running back taken and Saquon was my first. So you could, you could understand how thin <laughs> I might be at running back. So it's pretty disappointing. A stick on that one. <laughs> hey man, it is what it is. I'm in first place in that league. So I'm doing something right, but geez, uh, it's, it comes at a cost, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, we'll see. I won't quite go as far as you to say, drop him, but I, it's definitely an argument that can be made. If there's anybody of, of capability on the waivers, uh, grab him. I mean, at that point, you just kind of have to. So it's one of those things where, yeah, he's pretty much useless. Uh, don't play him. And, you know, hopefully, well, not hopefully, but if somebody in front of him gets hurt, maybe they figure it out. But man, he has been an absolute disappointment. All the rookie running backs have kind of been very disappointing. CEH, um, JK Dobbins hasn't really done much. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor. I feel like I'm forgetting one more. DeAndre Swift just DeAndre finally Swift had, is, had a couple uh, yeah. good games. He's been, it's been solid, but Still, uh, it's it's been pretty disappointing for rookie running backs. Maybe next year. And speaking of DeAndre Swift, let's move on. We have the Washington Football Club facing off in Detroit against the Lions. Detroit was favored. It ended up at two and a half points, so they did cover. Originally, this was up about four and a half, five points when I saw it. Um, Matt Prater kicks like a 59 or like a 70 yard field goal to win the game, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> Alex Smith throws for 390 at 55 pass attempts, and I think this was his first start since uh snapping his leg on the field a few years ago so shout out to him for doing that obviously kyle allen last week against the giants got his ankle dislocated matt stafford throws for 276 three touchdowns deandre or um, deandre swift 81 uh rushing yards he had 68 uh receiving yards on five catches he had a touchdown through the air antonio gibson two touchdowns on the ground jc J, uh, jd mckissick also had a touchdown on the ground. McLaurin looked pretty great. Uh, obviously, when Alex Smith throws for 375, 390 yards, the ball's going to go around a little bit. Um, anything of note from this game? Anything surprise you? Were you uh, were you heavy on anything on here? I uh, want, want, want to give a shout out to Sticks there, who uh, who I'm filling in for tonight. Um, he he was all over Antonio Gibson and GPPs, and we mentioned it on our live stream, which uh, which you could catch Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. For those that are not aware, make sure that you guys tune in there as we go over our top uh, GPP cash plays for DraftKings, FanDuel, SuperDraft, anything you name it. We've got you covered there two hours prior to lock on uh, our favorite football Sundays. Um, he was all over Antonio Gibson. And uh, you know what? I, I I was slightly underweight. I, I definitely had my share. I, I, I was I wouldn't say underweight. I, I was in line with the field. But you know what? His... Uh, his call managed to get me over the field, and uh, I, I have to thank him for that. Antonio Gibson looked absolutely amazing. Um, he was somebody that probably one of, if not the only, analyst in the industry that was not worried about JD McKissick's work there. So, uh, shout out Sticks for uh, for getting myself and the rest of the family even more so onto An Antonio Gibson than we were originally. Um, we also mentioned Terry McLaurin. Uh, you, they, they, this guy's just matchup proof. He's um, I, 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 I don't care which cornerback is lining up on him. Washington does such a good job in terms of their offensive corner and then and their head coach and just that offensive scheme in general, uh, getting him open, whether he's running routes out of the slot or he's running on the left side of the field, he's running on the right side of the field. He actually got a carry in this game for 27 yards, like you had mentioned earlier too. So he's involved in, uh, in the entire uh, offense there. And going seven for 95 is, uh, is something that's rather impressive against this. Detroit defense. So, uh, we, Not, we, we did like, uh, we did like scary Terry. So it, it, it worked out really well. 
I think sticks is always on scary Terry. Seems like you're of that ilk too. Uh, one thing I will say more importantly than scary Terry being matchup proof. I think the coolest part is he's quarterback proof. Like this dude, it doesn't matter yeah. who's throwing him the ball. He gets open. He's there, whether it's Kyle Allen, whether it's, uh, what was that guy's Dwayne Haskins, whether Dwayne it's Hopkins. Alex Smith, whoever the hell it yep. is, the dude's getting open. He's getting yards. He's getting touchdowns. So shout out to, uh, to scary Terry out of Ohio state there. Yeah. Um, Deandre Swift had a great game as well. I think we already said it. 81, Rushing yards had uh, five catches for 68 and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson had four catches for another 20 yards as well. McKissick didn't have that terrible of a game, right? He gets a touchdown, eight uh, eight attempts for six yards. Obviously, didn't do much on the ground, but he gets the touchdown. And then if you're in PPR, he had seven catches for 43 yards. I mean, it's really not like that terrible of a game. I don't remember what his price was off the top of my head, but I think either of those running backs, you weren't too, too angry uh, about what happened there. So I think that part is pretty important. Um and as I said, Matt Prater kicks a game-winning field goal. It was kind of cool, and, and we all move on. Uh, let us go to the next game. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars heading up to Lambeau. Cold, snowy, windy, rainy Lambeau, whatever it was. Uh, J- the Packers were favored by 13.5, over-under of 47. So the Jags covered and the under hit there. Uh, this was a weird one. The Jags kind of just like kept staying around. Aaron Rodgers throws for 325 and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones doesn't really get going on the ground. James Robinson has 109 on the ground, which is kind of nice. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four for 149. My goodness, that is a statistic line. There you go. You got to love that. Deont- or, uh, Devontae Adams, eight for 66. He gets in the box as well. Anything of note that you really liked, you really didn't like of this game, Ghost? Um, it Less so from a fantasy perspective, more so just from watching that game a little bit. Um, just seeing the way Aaron Rodgers was manipulating the weather out there in uh, at Lambeau, you could tell he knew exactly what he was mm-hmm. doing. He was waiting to switch sides on the field in that second quarter and drops an absolute dime to MVS there on a 78-yard scamper for a touchdown. So um, that, that that was just really nice to watch. I mean, the, the, the guys out there throwing in 25, 30-mile-an-hour gusting wins, and he, he just drops an absolute dime and throws that tight spiral makes it look so easy but um that was definitely nice to watch uh i i don't really know what can be what can be said about a guy like Devonte adams right now mm-hmm. um playing like the top wide receiver in the league he is you could double him you could triple team this guy he's still gonna find a way to get up there and especially on his touchdown catch man they, they, this guy looked like a track and field star get, getting up on that high jump i mean the guy looked like he absolutely took flight on that one so um, amazing play by Devontae Adams on that touchdown going uh, eight for 66 and one. Um, the Aaron Jones chalk was something that busted, but um, we had mentioned on the show, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping if you're tuning into the podcast that you did tune into the show, that um, one of our predictions was that Nick Chubb at $300 less on DraftKings would outscore um, Aaron Jones. And he he did exactly that. He outscored him by over just over 10 points there. So um, he was a must play in cash. He, he definitely didn't hurt any of us that um, that ended up hitting in our cash lineups because of how owned he was. And that's something that we pointed out too. You never want to fade guys that are in that 60, 70, 80% range of ownership because if that Devontae Adams MVS touchdown or either one of them, even both goes to Aaron mm-hmm. Jones and you don't have him in your cash lineup and he's 60, 70, 80% owned, that's when you're drawing dead. So whenever a guy's preach, uh, uh, approaching that kind of ownership, you definitely want to lock him into cash. And that's exactly what we did. So whether he had a great game or he put up zero points, it really it, it wasn't really something that mattered all that much in our cash games, just because of how how, how high owned he was. Exactly, and that's always something, and that's why everybody should be tuning in to the Win Daily Sports live stream, eleven o'clock Eastern here on YouTube on our YouTube page. I'm sure there'll be a link to our YouTube page in the show notes. Aaron Jones did have five catches for about fifty yards as well. Nothing else really of note from this game. Um, Keelan Cole caught a touchdown. That's kind of cool. Uh, looks like Gardner Minshew is going to be out for another week. So uh, my mustache brethren, it's very sad, but it is what it is. Uh, let us move on to an NFC South matchup. We have the Bucks going down to or up to Carolina, I guess. Uh, Tom Brady put on another show. This was the Tom Brady FU tour. It was Carolina. It was uh, Bucks minus six over under of 49 and a half. Bucks won 46 to 23. So they covered and the over hit very, very easily. It was tight in the beginning. Um, and then the Bucks pretty much just said, nah, we're way, way better than you guys. Uh, so it was it was pretty impressive. Mike Davis either broke his finger or did something to his finger. So be on the lookout for that. Christian McCaffrey looks like he's going to be out for another week, it seems. He's week to week at this point. So we'll see what happens there. 
Tom Brady, though, 341, three touchdowns. Ronald Jones, 192 on the ground with 98 coming on one rush. He got in for a score as well. Tom Brady, he's been had a rushing touchdown. I forgot about that. That's pretty sweet. Uh, in terms of receiving, my goodness, these dudes, Chris Godwin, six for 92. Mike Evans, six for 77. Antonio Brown, seven for 69. Rob Gronkowski, two for 51 and a touchdown. Cameron Brake caught a touchdown. It's just, I mean, now that they're healthy, geez, man, like, ooh. This is going to be a fun offense to watch as long as, you know, they don't play the Saints, I guess. Uh, in terms of the Panthers, eh, DJ Moore did all right. Four for 96 and a touchdown. I'm happy with that. Outside of that, not really too, too much uh, going on here. What, what were you liking? What were you disliking about this game, Ghost? Uh, again, got to give a shout out to Sticks here, who was all over Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette um, in, in, in his GPP article. So if you don't catch that uh, Saturday late nights before you end up building Sunday morning, Make sure you uh, start doing that as of week 11 because guy's been on a heater all season long. He always has been, and this season sure. he is leading the way for our NFL team. Um, he was all over Ronald Jones, and and he had a ton of him in GBP. He was a guy that came in severely under own. I was a little worried when he had that early fumble. I thought this is going to be a classic yep. Bruce Arian situation where he ends up benching the guy, or you know what, maybe he sits some uh, first quarter, maybe even the second quarter, and we see a bunch of Leonard Fournette moving on, but... You know what? Props to Bruce Arians for going right back to Rojo, who did not disappoint in this game. 192 yards on the ground. Wow. Uh, we, we we say it time in, time out that you, you you can absolutely run all over this Carolina defense. It's been like that for multiple years, ever since the departure of Luke Hughley there up the middle for them. So Ronald Jones had an absolutely monster game. And you know what? What, what could be said about this receiving core? It's, a, it, it's almost like when you're playing Madden, the video game, and you end up mm-hmm. doing like a fantasy draft that you just kind of yep. make a custom team and you're like, ah, Screw defense. I, I, I don't even play defense. I'm, I'm just going to play offense only. Let me get Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Even my backup tight ends are Cameron Breit and OJ Howard and all, all these talented guys. I mean, such a talented offense. This is by far the most talented offense that Tom Brady has ever played with. So um, nice to see him have a bounce back game there and uh, really take advantage of all of his weapons. It was also nice to see DJ Moore kind of get involved in the offense there. Um, got involved early on with a 40 or 50 yard gain um, on, on a deep post route. So that, that was nice to see. After that, Teddy Bridgewater kind of struggled, but who doesn't versus this Tampa pass offense, uh, pass defense, excuse me. Um, their, their, their defense, again, similarly to the Colts, I would, I would put them kind of neck and neck in the, in the sense that, you know, one week they look like they're beatable. They, you, you could drop 35 on them and pretty much torch them in a playoff game. Whereas, you know, another week they'll completely shut you down. And um, did despite the Panthers putting up uh, 23 points here in this game, the Bucks defense looked really good. So mm-hmm. um, lo- looking forward to see what the Bucks have for, uh, in store for the rest of the season. Yeah, as I said, it was kind of tight. I think it was about 17-17 or something along those lines. Even the Panthers might have been up 17-10, and then pretty much the Bucks just said, now we got this, and took it from there. So it'll be interesting, and we'll get to the Saints and Drew Brees now moving forward, so we don't know what the hell the Saints are going to look like. Uh, so again, the NFC, I would say, if not, is up for complete grabs. We have no idea who the hell is going to be coming out of the NFC. I think it's going to be actually a pretty fun way down the stretch. And speaking of the NFC... Let's go to the NFC East where my Giants are only about uh, half a game behind, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what happens there. The Giants end up beating the Eagles 27 to 17. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Eagles were 0 for 10. I think 0 for 10 on third down, which is like astronomical. Um, I don't know how the hell you do that. Uh, Daniel Jones, 21 of 28. No passing touchdowns. Did have a rushing touchdown, 64 yards on the ground. So. Over 300 total yards. I'll take it. We should have had another one. There's kind of a shit uh, holding penalty call. Uh, should have had two. Wayne Gallman got in the box a couple times. 18 rushes for 53 yards. So not really moving too far, but gets far enough to get into the, t- uh, the end zone. So he got in a couple times. Boston Scott had a very long touchdown run. Corey Clement gets one rush. And of course, he gets a touchdown. So poor Miles Sanders doesn't get shit. Um, other than that, man, the Eagles, oof, Jesus Christ. Uh, Eagles were favored by four and a half. That didn't work out over under of 46. Quick math, that didn't work out. So the Giants in the under hit there. Uh, Slayton looked pretty good. Five for 93. I'm not angry about it. Shepard as well. Six for 47. He catch, catching the ball. But Daniel Jones didn't have a turnover two games in a row. My life is complete. I think that's all I needed. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, anything from this game? I know you guys were kind of on Miles Sanders and, 
It was solid. He he did all right. I mean, 80, uh, what, 85 yards rushing. What did he have? He had a couple catches for 10 yards, but got vultured on a couple times on, or at least one time on that touchdown. The Boston Scott was just a long run, but damn, bad beat for Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll take ownership on that one because I was the the one out of both, both me and Sticks. I mean, both both of us like Miles Sanders, but I, I was so overweight in, in terms of ownership versus the field. And you know what? I, I I would make the same call ten times out of ten. The guy's averaging five point seven yards per carry, and they're only giving them the ball fifteen times a game. I mean, is that a lot for a running back? I mean, it it it's up there. It, it it's not into the twenty plus carry range, which we see guys like Dalvin Cook and you know, CMC get and stuff like that. But why they didn't just run Miles Sanders in between the tackles all game long is beyond me. I mean, outside of his 15th rush where he got stuffed at the line, he was averaging over six yards per carry. And this is something that I highlighted on the show and, and in our Win Daily Discord chat as well. You know, that everyone keeps saying how good of a season Dalvin Cook is having, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's playing like he is the top running back in the league right now. CMC's you know, in and out with an injury and you you have a couple other guys. Zeke has the most depleted team in the entire league right now. So um, Alvin Kamara is doing his thing out, out there in New Orleans, but Dalvin Cook is pretty much the guy right now, but he's averaging six yards per carry and Miles Sanders is averaging 6.1. And no one's talking about Miles Sanders, how, how, how much work he's doing out there in Philadelphia. And of course you get Boston Scott going for a 50 yard touchdown. That, that, that was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, it happens. It is what it is. But then, when I see Corey Clement come out there in the red zone, I'm like, oh, come on. Now, now, now you're just messing with me. Like, this is not chill. So um, that was a little frustrating to see, but uh, he, he he's just electric out there in the backfield. So seeing him going for 5.7 yards per carry there, 85 on 15 rushes, I'm hoping that, that next week, you know what, they, they, they finally figure out, give this guy the ball 20-plus times and just let him go to work because if he's getting the ball 20-plus times a game, the Eagles are in much better shape than they are with uh, – with Carson Wentz back there, that's for sure. That this is a week where I thought, you know what, I'm not going to play any Carson Wentz. I'll never play any Carson Wentz ever. But this was the one week where he had all of his weapons healthy. Granted, mm-hmm. Goddard went down with an injury early on. He went to the ten, mm-hmm. came back very late into that game, but he still had Rieger come back. He still had Miles Sanders and Boston Scott out there in the backfield. He loves throwing dump offs to Corey Clement. So, like, I I don't understand what any more excuses we could come up with for a guy like Carson Wentz. I mean, right now, am I the guy that's going to be out there raising the flag saying, put Jalen Hurts in? I mean, I really wouldn't be opposed to it at this point. Yes. I, come on, how, Ghost. Keep it going. How can you say, how can you say that this Philadelphia offense is going to look worse with Jalen Hurts? For me, well, I, oh, I, I can't find the a thing. reason. Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. And I so know is he Carson is, but is he worse that's, than Carson Wentz? That's my favorite part. It's not like they reached for a good quarterback. They reached in the second round for Jalen Hurts, who is kind of objectively not a good quarterback. So I don't know what the hell they were doing. Gosh, you know how much I hate Philadelphia. So I love this. So just keep going. Keep going. Why Carson just, Wentz, 208 yards. This Giants defense is solid, but it's not like world beaters like, or anything. Let's on. be honest. I, and then but, you're, like, I'm, I'm all for backing up guys that you spend high draft capital on, right? Like you, you ended up getting him with the second overall pick and that disastrous draft with, with Jared Goff going number one overall and Carson Wentz talk about a quarterback duo, but anyways, um, hey man, they each have, they've each been to a super bowl. Neither of them really got there. It was really the rest of the people around him, but they've been to a super bowl. Yeah. But so has Nick Foles. And I, I, I certainly wouldn't start a franchise with Nick Foles. Like at, at one point you, you got to give up, you, you got to give up on the guy and say, you know what? It's time to move on. Look at what the bears are doing with Mitch Trubisky. And, and, and that, that's a guy that's actually, Somewhat of, of, of a better example because I actually think he could be playing at par, if not even better than Nick Foles, if he got the chance and yeah. a little bit of a longer leash. But him too, he's it, 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 it's a guy where they know what they realize, hey, this is not working out. Mm. And it's time for the Eagles to move on and say, you know what, we drop, we, we moved up in the draft to get Jalen Hurts and this guy's riding pine. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz is out here with his noodle arm going 21 for 37, 208 yards and no touchdowns. What is going it's on? Not great. Like, it, it, not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> Very like, nice. not, like it, it, it's time to make a change for the Eagles here. All jokes aside, you either have to commit to the run and realize that Miles Sanders is a legitimate bell cow back. And if you give him the ball 20 to 25 times a game, you have a better chance of winning football games, especially within your division, which is absolutely atrocious. Or it's time to make a switch at quarterback because you will not be winning games with Carson Wentz doing the ball 40 to 45 times a game. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I, I could keep going on how bad Carson Wentz is for the full hour, but 
I just hey. want to say, I, I, I also want to give a shout out to your boy, Daniel Jones. I know you're a Giants fan. Daniel um, Dimes. I don't know when he decided to turn into Lamar Jackson 2.0. Uh, this guy's apparently hey, rushing for 60, 70, 80 yards a game. Yep. Uh, might need an oxygen mask on the sideline, but hey, whatever works for you. <laughs> whatever works. I don't, Dude, I don't he's care how actually, you do He's actually the fastest planet person on planet Earth, too. That's the coolest part. He blows by I'm, everybody. It's hilarious. I'm all for it. 30-plus yard touchdowns. Danny Dimes. I'd rather see him now than throwing uh, pick sixes with his eyes closed yes. all day long. So yeah. if that's what it takes to, to get 30-yard touchdowns, Dan, Daniel Jones is running it. As ugly as, as it may have looked, I don't care. Get, get into the end zone. I'm all for it. And I'm I'm a Cowboys fan, so I hate the Eagles even more than I, I actually don't mind the Giants. So I'm 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 all for the Giants taking this game. Absolutely yeah, loved what I saw I, there from uh, from Daniel Jones. He's a guy that again it, it, is he a franchise quarterback? Nah, uh, we'll find out. I guess I mean, we're winning too I, many I, games. I mean, we're not getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So I like, mean, whatever. right now, if if I had if I had a game to win, Week Eleven, I'm taking Daniel Jones over Carson Wentz. I'll I'll tell you that much. But. Wow. Wow, 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 ghost. That yeah. oof, sir, I am I am primed and ready to go. That is fantastic. Yeah, it's uh it's starting to get a little crazy. This Eagles team. Uh, obviously, I'm here in New Jersey, so I'm surrounded by Giants fans, I'm surrounded by Jets fans. Uh Eagles fans are my favorite though, man. Just watching the <laughs> roller coaster, watching a game with them, watching the roller coaster of the good and the bad and the ugly, it is hysterical. Cause then you'll have two Eagles fans in the same room, one that thinks Carson Wentz is God's gift to Earth. And the other thing who thinks Carson Wentz is just absolute and total utter trash. So it's fun to uh, kind of watch them. You know, hey, it's Philadelphia. They fight with each other. It's kind of the best part about it. Uh, one thing I will say about Miles Sanders. Yes, he's incredible. It is very clear. But I think there's a reason they're not giving him 20 touches a game. I think he's too injury prone. I mean, we've already seen it multiple times. Dude's been in the league twice or for two years, and he's been injured in both of those years, particularly this year, he has barely been healthy. It seems like it feels like he's missed just as many games that he has played. So I think there is the reason they're not giving him those 20 carries is they kind of know, right? They, they were looking at, you know, bringing in potentially Carlos Hyde. He said, no, they wanted to bring in Devonte Freeman. They wouldn't give him enough money. So he said, no. So they said, all right, screw it. We'll, we'll, we'll roll with what we got. There was a reason he was solid last year. Jordan Howard was, I mean, somehow this year he's been nothing short of terrible, but last year he was all right and spelled Miles Sanders a little bit. So I don't know. I think there's a reason he's not getting those 20 carries, and I think it's because they're afraid of his health because we've already seen it. That's the only thing I can say on that. So I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this was a uh, this was a game. Uh, the Houston Texans go to Cleveland and I don't know. Did you see videos of how awful the, like the rain and the wind was? Oh my God. It was insane. I don't know how they even throw a football in this weather. It was nuts. I, know, I, I, I know it takes a lot for somebody to, you know, make the call to every council of football game. I don't, right? I don't even know if it's, I don't even know if it's happened since I've been watching football, but this game looked like it was possibly going to get canceled with how bad it looked out there. So yeah, it was delayed. No, 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 I think no, no matter like what the minutes. outcome was of that game, shout out to Sean Watson and Baker Mayfield for trying to even move the chains up and down the field in a yep. game like this, because that, that, that was absolutely ridiculous. That was nuts. Um, this was, it's weird. Like it was all Browns, but the Browns won 10 to seven, right? Uh, Cleveland did not cover because of Nick Chubb. The over under was never even a question. It was heavy, heavy under, uh, Baker, 12 of 20 for 132. Deshaun Watson, 20 of 30 for 163. He had a touchdown there. Duke Johnson, 54 yards. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 36 on the ground. The, the game was really Nick Chubb, 126 on the ground. Kareem Hunt, 104 on the ground. Nick Chubb had the touchdown. You've all seen it by now. He had another touchdown. Ghost called 102 touchdowns for Nick Chubb. So, Ghost, I'm going to give it to you. Nick Chubb walks out of bounds, which is weird. He probably should have just <laughs> kneeled, so that way the clock would have kept running. But whatever. We don't need to get into semantics. Um, Nick Chubb walks out of bounds at the one-yard line instead of taking it to the house, which would have been pretty sweet for a couple of my fantasy teams. But I respect what he did. Game was over. You can't come back. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, so, Ghost, I'm going to give it to you. 126 and or 127 and two touchdowns for Nick Chubb. Ghost called it 102 touchdowns. Anything outside of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are really good, even in the same backfield. I mean, there, there's nothing really that I could take away from this game. You you really can't blame the Sean Watson yeah, for like, playing in this you, weather. I mean, they almost won the game too. That's the, that, that's the thing. Like, I mean, the, the the craziest part of all of this is that when when you only lose by three and the Sean Watson throws for 163 yards knowing how bad the Texans rushing game is, 
you know, when, whenever they, they win a game or they're, they're at least keeping it close, it's because Deshaun Watson is throwing for over three, 350 yeah. even sometimes with three or more touchdowns. So, you know, I, I, I see this as a game that you, you can't really critique much here on the Houston Texans. I mean, yes, their offense looked poor, but man, that, that weather was just ridiculous. So yeah, um, there's, I'm, 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 I'm still going to stand by the fact that, you know what, Deshaun Watson is a top five QB in this league and he, he's somebody that I would start a franchise with any day of the week and twice on Sundays. So um, I, I am expecting big things moving them uh, mo- moving forward from, from the Houston Texans. Um, bit of a tough-ish schedule for them, but I, uh, I, I really do think that they'll end the season on a good note there. And they have no uh, no first round pick. Just something to remember. Unfortunately, yeah. Ugh, yikes! The Bill O'Brien effect. Yeah, and he's not even there anymore. So it is yeah. what it is. I guess we will move on. We have oh, this game was absolutely incredible. We have Buffalo traveling to Arizona. The Bills thirty. The Cardinals thirty two. The spread was minus three to Arizona. I actually saw it at minus two and a half, which would have made it funnier. But either way, the uh, after DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> touchdown to end the game, Cliff Kingsbury decides to kneel it instead of kicking the extra point because if it gets blocked and they return it, it's two points. So they can't lose, or at least they can't lose on or tie it on that play. So the Cardinals end up taking it. You and I were actually talking earlier today, Ghost. Uh, we both kind of think that the Stefan Diggs touchdown with like 25 seconds left, which we all are just going to forget about. It's never going to be talked about again in history because of that DeAndre Hopkins catch. I thought that was like a better play. Like what he did, how he just threw his hand out there, snagged the tip of the football, ran an incredible route, corner of the end zone. Awesome throw by Josh Allen. And then of course, two plays later, Kyler Murray comes out and is just like, Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'll just throw the ball, jump higher than everybody else. And they win. Um, I'm pretty confident that you and Sticks were very heavy on this game. How uh, how did it play out? How did it end up for you? It uh, worked out really well. I had just over 80% Kyler in my 150 uh, max, which I usually never go over 40% on a quarterback. But um, again, if you tuned in on the show, 11 a.m. Sunday, um, if you missed it then, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it now. I said that Kyler Murray is having an MVP-esque season right now, and I do think that he will win the MVP. I feel like he's not getting the love that he deserves because of guys like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and uh, and Russell Wilson. And granted, all of those guys are arguably all, all three of them future Hall of Famers. They're they're all having great seasons. But back, like I, I don't even want to say back then. It, it was yesterday, but um, Arizona was not leading the the division at the time, and I feel like that had a huge factor in doing it. That Kyler was simply not getting the the, the MVP respect that he deserved there with, with what he's doing on the ground. Scoring yardage wise, throwing the ball, leading a Cliff Kingsbury led offense. I really do think that Arizona takes this division. I think that Kyler wins MVP, which you can now grab at plus 750, by the way. Oh. So make sure that you grab that before it changes week 11, because week 11 will go out a bit on a limb here, a little bit in advance, four days early. Kyler Murray will beat Russell Wilson in prime time on Thursday. And Again? they will. And they will secure the division with that win because there's a chance that they run the table here towards the end of the season. I, I am giving them one loss, but regardless of that, Kyler wins MVP. He has a crazy second half, similarly to what Lamar Jackson did last season when he scored, I think it was 25 or 27 total touchdowns yeah, in weeks 9 to 18. Something absurd like that. It was just under 30 touchdowns. So am I saying Kyler's going to score 30? I don't know Why if not? I want to put it that high. I don't know. Why I, not? I, I, I would put him closer to 22, 24 than I would closer to 30. But you know what? Arizona might run the table here. And um, I, I, I think Kyler Murray finally gets the respect that he deserves and ends up winning MVP this year. So um, we were all aboard Kyler Murray. Highest owned quarterback. Didn't matter. Um, if, if you watched the last segment on the show, I said Kyler Murray, play him in cash, play him in GBP, play him in three maxes, play him in whatever tournament you're entering. The first guy I'm locking in is Kyler Murray. Um, so that worked out tremendously. We did like Josh Allen on the other side of the ball as well. Um, that definitely a guy that has rushing upside. It's 2020. We play rushing quarterbacks. So Josh Allen definitely fits the bill there. No pun intended. Um, unfortunately we did like the Christian Kirk, John Brown duo versus the chalky, uh, Stefan Diggs and Deandre Hopkins, which actually ended up working out well up until the last two plays of the game, which mm-hmm. was a, Stephon Diggs touchdown for the Bills, and then they kicked off, and then DeAndre Hopkins got that 70-plus-yard bomb touchdown, right? So mm-hmm. uh, th- th- this is a prime example where we end up saying, you know what, 
process um, sometimes supersedes results in the sense that if that touchdown goes to Christian Kirk over DeAndre Hopkins, we're looking at a completely different day where instead of X, uh, we're, we're up X percent, we're now up, you know, double or triple what we actually ended up finishing and profiting, right? So um, that, that, that's a prime example where, again, I, I would likely make the same decision maybe eight or nine times out of 10. And when when we are discussing that Stephon Diggs touchdown, I don't know if I want to say that it's a, a better play than DeAndre Hopkins, but what I will say is that it's a better football play. So to me, it's two okay. different things. I like that. Um, I'll, I'll give the individual talent nod to DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely leaping up there again, similarly what Devontae Adams did, like a track and field mm-hmm. uh, athlete on that high jump, right? So getting up there in triple coverage and you know what props to Kyler Murray for actually getting it in the vicinity of his receiver, because yep. a lot of people end up saying like, Oh, Hey, well the receiver jumped in between three guys. Yeah. But the quarterback's got to throw it somewhat accurate to be able to get that receiver to even have a chance for that. Right. So um, Kyler Murray rolling out to his left for those that do not know he is righty. So throwing across his body like that and absolutely heaving it down to DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. What a play. We're going to be seeing that on sports center for, a number of weeks, but let, let's not forget that route that uh, Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs ran there. Um, we said it on the show as well. Stefan Diggs, one of, if not the best route runner in the league. So um, it, it was really nice to see him put down display and an absolute bullet by Josh Allen, who's got a cannon of an arm. So uh, crazy game was really entertaining and definitely paid off for our DFS lineups as well. It was, um, it was impressive. Uh, Stefan Diggs, man, I'm sorry. That play is going into obscurity. It means nothing. It literally means nothing anymore. So I think we're all going to forget it. And it's pretty, it, it kind of sucks because it was pretty damn cool. Uh, and yeah, Kyler Murray, not only rolling out to his left, but really escaping like a lot of traffic. There was a lot of people around him. He was able to get out, kind of get free enough to throw the ball. And then we all kind of know what happened from there. Just a couple other things. Obviously, Murray did well. He had two touchdowns on the ground, 11 rushes, 61 yards, also had a touchdown through the air. Josh Allen threw for two touchdowns, also caught a touchdown. That was kind of, uh, that was fun. That was a fun little play. I'm happy we all got to see that. We'll take the extra two points, that's for sure. Hey. What the hell? Why not? Why not? Um, Cole Beasley had a monster game, 11 for 109 in a touchdown. As we already talked about, Diggs, John Brown may be hurt. So let's watch out for him for our season, our fantasy long, uh, fantasy season long and the backfield. Man, this Buffalo backfield, we don't know what the hell's going on. At least the Cardinal backfield, they did semi well. Kenyon Drake, 100 yards flat. Uh, Chase Edmonds, 56. Edmonds also had three catches for 21 yards. So that helps a little bit, but. Man, the Buffalo backfield just cannot figure itself out. So we'll see if that shakes itself free moving forward. But I don't think we're going to be on too much Moss or Singletary uh, anytime soon. At least I personally won't be. Uh, Let's move on. We have the Chargers traveling east. The Los Angeles Chargers traveling to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins were favored by one and a half points over under a 48. Dolphins won pretty easily, 21 to 29. And there was a late touchdown to actually make it a little bit closer. Justin Herbert, eh, not so great. Tua. Good enough, I guess. Um, Slavon, uh, Slavon Ahmed, I can't even say the dude's name. Shout out to him. I think Washington, <laughs> University of Washington. I know where he went to school. Don't know how to say his name. Uh, Jordan Howard was inactive and then released today. So Sia and I, we're going to have a, a postmortem for him come tomorrow or Wednesday when we do our betting show. Uh, Kellen Balaj, I guess he's the starting running back now. It doesn't look like Eckler's coming back anytime uh, soon, at least not for a couple weeks. Anything from this game that surprised you? Anything that you uh, you liked, you didn't like? Um, a little disappointed with Justin Herbert's performance on this night, but again, um, he, he's doing everything that he, that, that he really can. He only threw the ball 32 times as well. I mean, in previous weeks, he was trending into that 45-50 range, so um, put him into that range, he probably tops 300 yards and probably gets another touchdown there too, so um, for the stat line wise, it, it might have looked ugly, but again, look, if, if we take a look at the limited amount of attempts that he had, they, they just had trouble moving the ball up and down the field. And um, we had mentioned Tua as a very, very deep sleeper, you know, in, in one of these large field tournaments where you end up playing with 50,000, 60,000, 70,000 people in them. Um, we mentioned how Tua does really well against zone defense and the Chargers run zone defense uh, just under 80% of their plays. I believe it's like 79 point something. So um, this was a good matchup for Tua. Not necessarily the killer stat line that you needed for a GBP, but um, when, when we're talking winning football games, that's exactly what he did here. An efficient 15 for 25, uh, 170 in the air and, and, and two scores. He did exactly what his team needed from him. And of course, um, Ahmed did the rest on the ground there. So um, 
the Dolphins look legit. I, I will say that uh, just watching this game, the Dolphins look like uh, I, I thought their window was maybe three to four years out, but it's looked like it's it's approaching rather quickly for them. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. Five, uh, five straight wins, if I'm not mistaken, and some like pretty legitimate teams that they beat along the way. Still get the Bills, I think, one more time. And obviously, they're going to get the Patriots again as well. So that, that'll kind of figure out the division a little bit more. But it'll be interesting. They, I think the Dolphins have a pretty solid shot at like 10 and 6 this year, which is kind of cool. Uh, most likely, they'll get you in the playoffs. So good for them. Uh, outside of that, this game was, eh, was kind of boring, honestly. Thankfully, we had like a million uh, four o'clock games because of the Masters this week. So it worked <laughs> out. Let's move to another game. We have the Broncos traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Um, Drew Locke had four interceptions. Yikes. But Josh Jacobs, 112 on the ground, two touchdowns. Devontae Booker against his old team, 81 on the ground and two touchdowns. The Raiders just ran all over them for 200 yards. Not much else really to talk about. Judy, four for 68. Tim Patrick, four for 61. KJ Hamler, four for 50. Uh, yeah, I mean that's about it. Josh Jacobs caught a couple balls as well. Anything, uh, anything of note from this game outside of Josh Jacobs is an animal when he plays teams that allow him to rush the ball. Yeah, and it, it, it's exactly that second part that you said, right? Like when when teams uh, allow the rushing like that, and th- this is not what we expected from Denver's defense. Typically, stout versus the run here. So um, we had mentioned the fact that Josh Jacobs was ceding some touches to Devontae Booker. Not necessarily a recommendation. I ever played Devontae Booker in DFS. Um, but again, I, I, if, if you told me that Josh Jacobs would go for over 102 scores on the ground against this Denver run defense, I, I, I would probably say no 99 times out of 100. So um, not typically a, a spot that I liked for him, but um, a, a great overall game by Josh Jacobs. He was finding the holes rather nicely and uh, kudos to that Raiders offensive line who, who played really well. Um, Jerry Judy, again, his, his route running was on display. We said it last week and um, if, if you haven't caught it, um, we said it on the show again. So um just make sure that you end up going to watch Jerry Judy's touchdown from week nine where he's running with his head down into the ground, not even looking up and he just throws his arm up, runs a very tight button hook and catches that ball on a dime and runs it into the end zone. So mm-hmm. um, in, in case you haven't realized how good of a route runner Jerry Judy is, watch that touchdown from week nine and you will definitely see what we are talking about. So it was nice to see it on display here again, just uh, an unfortunate game for Drew Locke. It happens to, every athlete in every sport uh and unfortunately for football players it it happens that you know what you only play once a week so it's not like hey i have tomorrow to bounce back or i have the day after to bounce back you're, you're now waiting six or seven days um to to have your bounce back game so ends up putting you a bit more into the spotlight so tough report uh tough performance all around for drew log but um he's a guy that I, I i do have slight confidence in him in the sense that he he will turn around the rest of the season moving forward uh moxie I think that's the word like everybody has collectively used with Drew Locke. He's got moxie. (laughs) So we'll see what happens there. Drew Locke with four picks has more fantasy points than Derek Carr, who throws for 154 and uh, rushes for 10 yards, which is kind of funny. Uh, Yeah, the the Raiders ran over 40 times for over 200 yards. Really can't, you know, ask for anything else in terms of, you know, wanting to just pretty much drain the life out of another team. I think that part's always fun. Um, This one is interesting. The San Francisco 49ers travel east to take on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, San Francisco plus nine and a half. The Saints cover pretty easily, 13 to 27. Drew Brees, he's going to be out for a little bit. Uh, He got absolutely hammered. And when when it happened, I was with a couple of my buddies and we're like, "Ah, that didn't look good. Uh, You know, like a 400 pound dude just landed full body weight onto Drew Brees' face and like chest. He stayed in the game, did some stuff. I'm sure Kamara just ends up scoring a touchdown on that drive because it felt like he did it on all of them when they got into the red zone. And then he never comes out for the second half. We get our sweet prince, James Winston, back. Very excited to see what he can do moving forward. But Drew Brees, it looks like he has multiple cracked ribs on both sides. Also has a punctured slash collapsed lung. I'll be honest, not a doctor. Don't really know what the heck that means. Tony Romo played with one. That's all I That's all I can remember is Tony Romo's a man. He played with a punctured or collapsed lung or whatever. Um, he's going to be out a minimum of two to three weeks. They didn't put him on IR, uh, short-term IR. So it seems like he'll be back at least within three weeks. 
But Drew Brees is like 50 years old, so I don't know how quickly he wants to come back from crack ribs. Like maybe just sit him out, probably going to make the playoffs and then see what happens. Uh, but hey, sign Jameis Winston to a $1.1 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Outside of that, uh, Alvin Kamara did nothing on the ground except for two touchdowns, uh, seven for 83 through the air, another touchdown there. Mike Thomas, nothing. Two for 27. Granted, again, it was a weird game. Drew Brees went out. James Winston came in. They only threw the ball a total of 23 times. What are you going to do there? Uh, Nick Mullins played quarterback, I guess. Uh, Jarek McKinnon got the most carries. So I guess don't play Jarek McKinnon next week because he probably won't. And Brandon Ayuk looked pretty solid. 14 targets, seven receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Um, anything from this game? I mean, outside of, you know, Alvin Kamara is really good. I guess moving forward, how do you look at the Saints team knowing it's like, yeah, it's James Winston. What the hell does that even mean, though? I, I I feel like it will have a positive effect on a guy like Michael Thomas. Um, we saw last season, Jameis Winston was a fantasy champion for for all of us, right? So, and would would I take him to win a football game? Absolutely not. But am I taking him in a DFS lineup because he closes his eyes and absolutely slings it out there? Oh yeah. So I'm I'm really curious to see what this does with Michael Thomas. He's somebody that. Very similar to Devontae Adams. He doesn't run the deepest routes, but when he does, he could definitely create separation and really win those one-on-one jump balls. So um curious to see what uh, Jameis looks like here with Michael Thomas. And they are facing an Atlanta Falcons defense that has been getting absolutely torched by outside wide receivers. So this might be the week that uh, we could go to Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas. And knowing Jameis Winston, it's going to be four touchdowns, but also three interceptions. So who knows that? Yeah, for all we know, the Millie Maker lineup is going to be Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, and Atlanta defense because they're mm. going to get three interceptions and a pick six or something like that. That, that would be that would be the classic Jameis Winston stat line. So, um, really wouldn't surprise me if uh, if that were to happen. But um, needless to say, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what kind of effect this has on Michael Thomas heading into Week 11. And I really don't know what could be said about a guy like Alvin Kamara. I mean. This guy would be, I'm, I'm, I don't have the exact stats on me, but I'm pretty sure he would be top five running back and a top five wide receiver. If we took away his rushing stats and just counted his receiving stats, I'm pretty sure he would be a top five wide receiver in uh, in, in, in PPR scoring formats. So um, he, you could play this guy week in, week out. If he doesn't get it on the ground, he gets it done through the air. And um, if, if I told you that, you know, your wide receiver one had seven catches for 83 yards and a touchdown on eight targets, I think you would be pretty happy with that, and yeah. certainly when it's coming from from a running back. So um, we we had mentioned on the show that we had limited exposure to this game. Um, we mentioned the Alvin Kamara and Saints defense uh, correlation. Um, the running back defense correlation is something that we do like to have um, uh, over at Windy Sports uh, in in our DFS lineups, whether it be on FanDuel or on DraftKings. So um, that was definitely a nice pairing there, having Alvin Kamara and the Saints defense. And we had mentioned that the one and only 49er that we wanted was Brandon Ayuk. Um, Sia ended up talking about him early on in the week, um, both on the Wednesday show and on Sirius and, uh, both, both six and I liked him as well. So, um, he, he was somebody that was sub 5% owned, looked really good out there and mm-hmm. he, he's a special talent. So, um, yeah. you, you, you could fire a Brian Ayuk with confidence on a week to week basis, depending on what his individual matchup is looking like. And the crazy part about this game, the 49ers were up 10, nothing. And then it was pretty much all Saints 27 to three from there. Uh, we'll see what Michael Thomas, Brandon Ayuk, obviously shout out to the whole Wind Daily crew for that. Uh, I played against him in a couple season long leagues. Thankfully, I escaped with some victories, but weird game. Nonetheless, uh, there's really not much you can do about it. Chalk it up, see what happens and play some Alvin Kamara moving forward. I think that's what we can take from that game, especially. Uh, let's move on. A couple other AFC West teams. We have Seattle traveling down to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams are favored by two and a half over under a 55. So the Rams and the under hit here. Russell Wilson, my goodness, this was a bad game. Uh, 22 of 37, 248 and two, t- or two interceptions, no touchdowns. He did have 60 yards on the ground, but did not look good. DK Metcalf completely shut down by uh, our, our boy Jalen Ramsey over there. Only four targets for DK Metcalf, two catches, 28 yards. Tyler Lockett, five for 66. But, I mean, there was really nothing going on the Seattle side. Russell Wilson now has like 10 turnovers in his last four games or whatever. It's pretty bad. Jared Goff, solid game, 27 of 37, 302. So he hits the 300 mark. So if you get that extra bonus, that's kind of nice. Um, 
Cam Akers came to life a little bit. That was kind of cool. But of course, Malcolm Brown, your boy ghost, Malcolm Brown vultures a couple touchdowns. So I, I, I knew you were saying that you didn't tell me, but I knew it was coming. And Josh Reynolds ends up with the most targets uh, and the most receptions, eight receptions, 94 yards, no passing touchdowns. So not really much to talk about there. Um, does uh, this Seattle offense, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was the greatest thing that ever, you know, touched our green planet. Now these last couple of weeks hasn't really looked that great. Um, they've looked good enough to stay in games, obviously, but haven't really looked nearly as good as they did those first like four or five games. Are you worried about them moving forward? Uh, anything, anything to know? And, and what about the Rams? They they should have just balled out against the Seattle defense, which is terrible. They weren't even able to do that. Um, to answer the first part, I'm I'm not worried about the Seahawks offense, and the reason being is that they have a completely different look when Chris Carson is back there in the in in their backfield, right? So. Um, he's somebody that could get it done on the ground. He catches balls as well. He's very active in the passing game. And the problem right now with Seattle is that, you know, despite Alex Collins running fairly well for somebody that's been out of the league for, right. for, for, for who knows how long now, they just don't have a rushing game and, and teams don't respect their rushing game right now because Chris Carson isn't back there. So it puts a lot of pressure on guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I would take any one of them to win a one-on-one matchup. I, I did like DK Metcalf over Jalen Ramsey. And you know what? Even though Jalen Ramsey, I guess we could say he locked him up, he, he wasn't targeted. Mm-hmm. So what did did he really challenge Jalen Ramsey? I, I felt more so he locked him up in the sense that he just kept him from getting targeted. But I, it, it's it, it was really weird for me to see that Russell Wilson was not trying to throw him a deep ball of any sort. And I, I know that that was because Aaron Donald and co was, they were pretty much getting pressure to him all day. So DK Metcalf didn't have the time to really get separation down the field for 20, 30 yard receptions. But at the same time, it, it it's hard for me to get down on a guy like DK Metcalf when he's not even targeted, give him mm-hmm. that chance to win that one-on-one ball. Right. So um, we, we, we could play both ends of it here. Um, did, did Jalen Ramsey shut him down to a certain extent? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I am somebody that's, that's accountable in the sense that, you know what, we were all over DK Metcalf and I, I would probably make the same play again. And the reason being is because of the devil's advocate mentioning that I had before in the sense that he wasn't even targeted. It, it's mm-hmm. not like, it's not like he had eight targets and Jalen Ramsey had six knockdowns and interception and, you know, one pass interference penalty where DK Metcalf got the best of him. He, he wasn't targeted once. So it was, that it, was a little weird. Like it, it, considering- it was weird how fast and how big he is. There's no, just like go like just a go play. It's like, all right, I'm going to hike the ball and I'm Russell Wilson. You know, the, he drops those like really loopy, like perfectly in the bucket. I'm sure he could just be like, Hey, I'm going to throw this like 35 yards, just get underneath it. Right. Like, I feel like that could have happened once or twice. And it feels like it didn't, I don't think DK Metcalf was even targeted until the second half. So four well, that, targets and that's half exactly is, the thing, right? Like when, when, when we're talking about these deep balls where, it's exactly that where Russ ends up dropping these like rainbow style throws mm. where it has such a high arc and just lobs into the receiver's arms. Even if DK doesn't come down with one of those, there's a high chance that Jalen Ramsey draws a pass interference play mm-hmm. on that one. So he'll likely draw a flag. If It's either a DK Metcalf gain or he's drawing a flag because Jalen Ramsey's not going to be able to jump up on that ball one-on-one with DK Metcalf. Nobody can. No. And that, that that's no shot at Jalen Ramsey. No, no cornerback in this league can jump up on a one-on-one ball and come down with it when DK Metcalf is the opposing wide receiver. Like, exactly. So it, it was rather surprising to me, but uh, that that's something that, again, when, when Chris Carson comes back to that, uh, to that offense, I, I think they're going to be back to the juggernaut that they used to. Kyler Murray's still winning MVP and they're still winning that division though. I will say that um, over on the Rams side, uh, we were all over Josh Reynolds. So it was nice to see that, uh, you know what, we even played him in our cash lineups. So, um, always a little scary when you're playing a wide receiver that's 3,500 on DraftKings in your cash lineup, but hey, it, it really paid off. It, it opened up a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of opportunity to pay up for guys like Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen and, and all the other guys that we liked over in our cash lineup at the wide receiver position. So um, Josh Reynolds had an absolutely monster game. It was definitely nice to see. Uh, the, the Jared Goff play was the right one. I mean, the guy went 27 for 37, 300 yards, and he just didn't score. He, he didn't throw a touchdown. That's all, right? So if you add uh, even just one or two touchdowns to that game at, at 6,500 over on DraftKings, that's a great spot for him. So mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, the touchdowns weren't there, but he moved the ball really well. And 
uh kudos to sean mcveigh the guy's just uh guy's just an offensive guru there so um the rams look really good in this one dude knows what he's doing rams had a little over 100 yards rushing as we already said 300 yards passing so it was weird i honestly expected more from this game in general uh it was a little sloppy a little weird a lot of picks i think jared goff had a um a fumble if i'm not mistaken as well so just a lot of shit going on jamal adams while not a very good cover safety that dude is an animal um and he is fun 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 to just watch play football so take that jets what if you just knew how to use a player that would be <laughs> kind of cool uh last game of the sunday slate we'll get to the raven screwing up my five team parlay in a second but we have the steelers 36 Bengals 10 in pittsburgh steelers we're favored by about a touchdown they got that over under of 45 and a half Vegas. My God, how do you do it? The over hits there at 46. That is absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. Ben, uh, 27 of 46. So not the best, but 333, four touchdowns. James Connor, absolute egg 13 for 36. I thought he would be able to run all over the Bengals. Like everybody has been able to do this year. Apparently not. Um, so the, the Steelers were not able to run the ball at all, but Ben Roethlisberger was able to throw it through for four touchdowns. I had Patrick Mahomes on the bye this week. So I had Ben Roethlisberger in a couple lineups. Ghost, it worked out pretty well. Someone texted me and was like, dude, I'm so glad I get you on the Patrick Mahomes bye week. I was like, be careful what you wish for, man. And of course, yesterday I texted him after all the games. I was like, I told you to be careful what you wish for. I'm beating he him right now. Patrick Mahomes stat line, 333 right? and four touchdowns. I love it. Not angry about it. Um, So nothing in terms of running the ball on either side, really. Samaj P. Ryan, I think Nick said his name like a couple weeks ago. So of course that brought him back to life. Seven rushes <laughs> for 49 yards. That's kind of cool. Big Joe B uh, goes new profile picture after Zeke has uh, failed him a little bit. He did not so hot 21 of 40 for a touchdown. Um, I think this game comes down to the receivers uh, quite notably T Higgins seven for 115 in a touchdown. Tyler Boyd six for 41. We have Deontay Johnson six for 116 in a touchdown. Juju nine for 77 in a touchdown. Chase Claypool four for 56 and two touchdowns. Eric Ebron even got in on the show two for 39. Um, man, this, Steelers passing attack is just insane. Uh, ben didn't even do that well. Still ends up, as you said, 333, four touchdowns. It's Patrick Mahomes stat line. How'd you feel about this one? Were you were you heavy on anybody? Were you light on anybody? Did you wish you had more Chase Claypool? Um, I, I wish I had more uh, faith in the Steelers passing attack. Um, kind of came off this game a little bit because of the bad weather that was uh, implied before log. So um, I, I did think it was a James Conner day and all things pointed to that. I mean, you, you had some some bad weather. Big Ben is coming off multiple injuries uh, as he's getting to the tail end of his career here. And um, the Bengals are allowing over 144 yards per game on the ground. So um, I, I did think that, you know what, Benny Snell might get two to four carries. Um, that's about it. But I, I was expecting much more from James Conner in a game like this. But unfortunately, uh, he dropped the ball, not not literally, but uh, but figuratively. He he dropped the ball. Um, he, he didn't have a fumble in this game, but thirty six yards on thirteen attempts was not. If, if he told me that James Conner was going 36, uh, 36 yards on thirteen attempts against the Cincinnati run defense, I would tell you no way. There's he he's going for at, at least seventy five at that point. Mm-hmm. It, it, is he a guy like like Dalvin Cook, like Miles Sanders, where they're averaging over six yards per carry? Absolutely not. He he never really has been that that kind of guy outside of some some large runs but you know he, he's typically in the four 4.5 range so give, give him 15 carries I, I, I thought for sure he'd get at least 70 yards and and a touchdown there but man 13 rushes for 36 yards is definitely not something that I was expecting and um, Deontay Johnson is a guy that you need to start week in week out um, every single game that he has played in that he's actually finished and was healthy hmm. um, he has nearly 25 percent target share or over. I think there's one game where he got 23 points, something just under 25% there. So um, getting a fourth uh, of the team's targets when, when big Ben's throwing the ball at least 40 times a game, that's uh, that, that that's a lot of volume for a guy like Deontay Johnson. And he's relatively cheap every single week on DraftKings and FanDuel. So um, can you trust a guy like Juju? Can you trust Chase Claypool when he has that big playability? Those guys are more boomer bust. Um, it was really nice to see big Ben get, Juju involved in this game, going nine for seventy-seven and a touchdown. I mean, that uh, that trio there with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool was one that's really lethal when uh, when Juju gets involved in the offense. So, really nice to see him get involved. But Deontay Johnson is the guy to own here, and Chase Claypool is the guy that you know you're throwing into these millimaker lineups where 
he could catch multiple 75 yard bombs and stuff like that. So um, it's all around really, really impressed by the Pittsburgh, uh, by, by the Pittsburgh aerial attack in, in this game, but very disappointed on the other side of the ball in, uh, in James Conner. Yeah. Uh, James Conner, pretty disappointing. Deontay Johnson, just to let you know, goes, he was very, uh, he was too, he was like, uh, 0.3 uh, targets outside of that 25% range today. So he was just about there. 11 <laughs> out of 46, almost 11 out of 44 would have hit that 25%. Uh, yeah, man, this game honestly kind of sucked. Um, it was just kind of cool watching Big Ben throw for so many touchdowns. So that was the last of the Sunday slate. We should just go over it. The Ravens and the Patriots. Ravens aren't very good. Um, Lamar Jackson is pretty okay. Uh, Patriots aren't very good either, honestly. So I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, this game was also played in a monsoon or, or something. I don't actually know what the weather was like. It looked awful and it looked like I didn't want to be there. But what the hell is going on with the Ravens, man? I mean, they can't run the ball. Yeah, they, they had over 100 yards. They had 115 on the ground. But this Patriots defense should have given up way more than that. Damian Harris, 22 carries for 121. So I thought the Ravens, I know the Ravens have some injuries, but I mean, this Patriots team isn't that good. Cam Newton, 13 of 17 for 118 and a touchdown. He literally did nothing. Uh, he had 11 carries for 21 yards. So I don't know what the hell happened, but somehow this Ravens team couldn't figure out the Patriots defense. Their offense looked bad. Lamar Jackson, 24, 34, 249, did have a couple touchdowns. He had a pick, but it was kind of towards the end of the half. It was, uh, you know, mostly an arm punt at that point. And 11 carries for 55 yards. Like, I, I just don't understand what the hell's going on with this Ravens team. And I honestly don't think they're very good. There's a lot of things I've been noticing with them uh, the, the past couple of weeks. Um, their offense just doesn't look the same. Uh, a couple factors of that being that, you know, I, I don't think Lamar wants to run as much as he used to, or at least he looks a little bit reluctant to do so. You would think in a game that was pretty much like a monsoon, as you described it there that you have the best rushing quarterback in the league that he would just be going nuts. I mean, granted, you want to be a little bit preventative just in case he ends up, you know, slipping and, and getting seriously injured. You, you don't want him being out for the playoffs or anything serious long-term for his career either. But I mean, I, I, I was expecting bigger things from Lamar on the ground. Um, didn't expect him to be throwing the ball as much as he did. So it was kind of like a, like a two-way swing there for me. But just the fact that they're not using Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown is really frustrating. And you see Hollywood Brown come off the field every drive where if they go three and out or they get stopped at roughly half field, he, he comes off and he's basically throwing his helmet on the bench because he's so frustrated that he's not being used right now. And I, I don't know what's going on there, but the, the fact that, you know, w Willie Sneed has seven targets and Marquise Brown has six, it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Marquise Brown should be in double digits. When, when you're looking at the receiving core of this team, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown should combine for over 50% of Lamar's targets. I, I know he throws it a limited amount of times compared to other quarterbacks in the league. That's just the nature of his game. But I don't understand how Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews are not getting as much, as much work as they should be. This is the first time that Mark Andrews was actually involved in the offense. And it, and it took an absolute hurricane monsoon outside for, for him to be involved. He went seven for 61. Before that, it was two, three weeks in a row where he had, you know, two catches for 20 yards, three catches for 30 yards. So I, I don't know what's going on with this offense, but they need to figure it out and figure it out quick. Because if they think they're going to face off against the Chiefs in, in the playoffs like this again, forget about it. They're, they're, forget about facing the Chiefs. They're, they're not getting out of the divisional round at that point. So. Um, they, they need to figure it out and figure it out quick and, and on both sides of the ball too, because like, like you said, the fact that Damian Harris ends up going 121 uh, yards on the ground against the Ravens run defense, whether it's 2020 2010, 2005, the Ray Lewis days, if, if you told me there was a running back that went for 120 yards on the Ravens, I would say, yeah, what, what skill level were you playing on Madden on, on rookie level? Like nice. you're, 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 you're playing, you're playing a video game. You, you don't run for 121 yards against against the Baltimore Ravens like it, it just doesn't happen and it's been happening week in week out so I, I don't know what's going on with with that team but they need to figure it out on both sides of the ball um shout out to Cam Newton for getting the job done I, I really thought Bill Belichick would kind of pull some stuff to end up getting his hands on Trevor Lawrence but uh it looks like that's that's no longer the game plan there so um they're on the path for winning this game but 
I, I feel like it's more the Ravens lost this game more so that the Pats end up winning it. Yeah, I think this is absolutely a, a Ravens loss. Like, it's insane to me. Yeah, the, it was an absolute monsoon. So, of course, we want Lamar Jackson to throw the ball 34 times. Uh, your point about, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown is the dude is open like every other play. He burns whoever the hell is guarding him. But on that pick, it's it was an underthrown ball, like a very underthrown ball. If Lamar Jackson put it again, it was the middle of a monsoon. So maybe this one, I would say, you know, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but it just happens routinely. Either he completely sails it or it's completely underthrown. He just can't hit Marquise Brown Hollywood for all those long plays that he should because the dude's open. And like, I can understand why Hollywood is so frustrated. It is just, uh, it is very frustrating for my fantasy teams as well because I went heavy Hollywood. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, the Ravens, they can pretty much, I don't want to say kiss the division goodbye, but I don't see, you know, the the Steelers are 9-0 and and they beat the Ravens already. Granted, I think the Ravens should have won that game. They, they didn't. When you have four turnovers from your starting quarterback, you usually don't win that game. So, yeah, they did everything they wanted against the, uh, the, the Steelers defense, but just were not able to bring it together there. So I think it's, yeah, I mean, the Ravens, Looked like they're going to grab a wild card spot. Um, we'll see what happens. It should have been an easy win. Unfortunately, they lose, and I lost my five team parlay. So that kind of sucked too. Should have cashed out. Felt like cashing out. I was like, oh man, like this is starting to look bad. Maybe I should cash this out. My buddy's like, nah, 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 we're fine. So I sent him a mean text message this morning, but it's okay. It's fun. We do it together. It's whatever. It's not like I'm betting real money on these five team parlays. These are. These are my five to ten dollar bets, uh, so nothing too crazy. But still. the pizza money bet, as, exactly. Uh, yes, as Adam calls it. Our good friend Adam. Uh, Adam is a good man. He's been crushing the props too, so we appreciate it. Um, but all right, I think that's it. We went game for game, a little long, but I appreciate the hell out of you, Ghost Man. I always appreciate your analysis. You're paying attention. You're a smart dude. Sticks was busy buying a house, so congratulations to him for that. Ghost, where can everybody find you on the internet in case they want to ask uh, you some more questions? <laughs> at dfs underscore ghost over uh over on twitter and of course in our win daily sports discord channel uh make sure you come and join seven days for free and then we guarantee that you'll end up wanting to stay it's uh it it's definitely a great place to be it's a blast win backslash chat you can hop right in there follow him as he said dfs underscore ghost follow me at michael Raziel one follow us at win daily sports again listening on the podcast throws five stars Really can't hurt you, and it actually really, really helps us, so we appreciate the hell out of you there. For Ghost, for myself, for the Windows Sports family, we all hope you make it a very profitable week 11 of the NFL. Yeah.